Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Lenny Dykstra, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. Coming up on The Jake Brown Show, as Sant takes a selfie and sends to his girl, we have a lot to get into. It's a Ring of Honor special here. We have Colt Cabana. We have Dalton Castle, and we have Adam Cole later on the show. We'll talk NFL Week 12. We'll talk Sespi back with the Mets, and we'll, we'll talk Turkey Day. And a whole lot more is next. Had to call Santa out there. I wasn't, the I wasn't taking a selfie. Because you clearly <laughs> made that lips face like you were taking a snap without a doubt. I was not taking a snap. There was no snap. No you snap. You put the mic up to your face, you're like, let's show No, I was just leaning on it. I didn't really. That I didn't take like a snap. Lean on me when you're not strong. I need a snap, friend. <laughs> um, a busy show today as we're back. It's going to be back. Uh, I, always, I always feel like I'm rusty when you're away for like a week or two. It's like... Forgot what radio is. But we're here, live and in living color. It's play.it slash Jake Brown. You could subscribe on iTunes, rate us five stars, write a lovely review, write how beautiful you think my new red sweater is right now, or the black on black last night. Fresh clothes, courtesy of none other than Mama Brown over Thanksgiving break. Uh, write what you want, or follow us on Spotify as well. Who doesn't use Spotify? Apparently, you have to pay for Spotify to listen to the show. I don't think it's free, uh, so just be mindful of that. If you're too broke to pay for Spotify, then, I mean, you might as well come in studio have some nuggets because you're probably just poor then. It's $10 a month. You could afford that. Um, Jake Brown Radio, Jake Brown Show. You can follow Tony Pucks at Santanello. You can follow Luke Halpert at I am Luke Halpert. Um uh, Ring of Honor show, Jake Brown talking wrestling. Who would have thought the day would have came? I love but it. But it's here. Ring of Honor comes tomorrow, you'll hear this, Friday at Hammer Stein Ballroom in New York City. And we have three of the big guys, I'd say. Three pretty solid names that we got on this program. We here. got the champ. We got Dalton Castle. We got two-time Ring of Honor champion, Adam Cole World. And we have, uh, who's the other guy? Yeah, Cole Cabana, Cole Cabana Castle, and Adam Cole. We got a trio, a dynamic trio, uh, and we might you might see on our Facebook page. I'm highly considering doing a means bean no beans greens tomatoes potatoes lambs chickens. Home, home. I always forget all the. She uses so many different animals. I forget them: lambs, rams, dogs, turkeys. Dog, turkey, lamb, ram. That, that shit's been stuck in my head the last couple days now. It's very catchy. I haven't seen it, but it's so catchy. Oh, I haven't able to get it out of my head. Caesar, Shirley. Shirley, Caesar, baby. Pray the Lord. Jesus. Um, so, <laughs> she, she is awesome, and I really would love to have her on the show. Uh, I, I used to always say that I need to go to a black church on a Sunday and just be part of the choir there and just be in there singing 
Fix it, Jesus. Oh, fix it, Jesus. Uh, that song is actually a real song by Ruben Studdard, by the way. Wow. Fix it, Jesus. Jake loves Ruben Well, Studdard. here's what I also loved about Ruben. He wore the 205 jersey, and that's my birthday, February 5th. So he's from the 205, Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama. That's one. Two, he's a fat guy, and who doesn't love a fat guy? Three, he's got the voice of a cross between Fergie and Jesus. I mean, he's just got a I thought Jimmy Bennett had, Jimmy Bennett had that, too. Fergie Jimmy Jesus. Bennett had the voice so of, So like, he's got the voice of Jimmy Bennett. Jimmy Bennett had the voice of, like, Dean Martin and Macy Gray combined, like, together. Wow. Like... Because he had the raspiness of <laughs> Macy Gray. He, ra- he had the raspiness of Macy Gray. Like, what was that Macy Gray song? She had one I hit. try to say goodbye <laughs> and I don't. She tried to smoke a blunt but say no. Uh, but Macy Gray and Dean Smith, because he has a... Dean Smith, not Dean Smith, the when he's coaching the college R.I.P. Dean Smith. R.I.P. He had the old school old school tendencies of Dean, Dean Smith. Dean Martin like when he walked in he's like 1960s kind of style and then you hear his voice the raspiness of Macy Gray so you put this forget Fergie and Jesus the new combo is Dean Martin and Macy Gray <laughs> that was on the spot that was not rehearsed that was on speaking of, of raspiness and smoking Yoana Cespedes is back with the Mets yo yabo yo is back baby let's go freaking uh. Mets He's here. They paid the man four years, $110 million. I like the deal. You know what? It's the biggest deal for an outfielder in the history of baseball per year annually. But he put up the numbers. He had 30 homers. He had 86 rubies. He had a 354 OBP. He's a guy who the Mets would be dead without, really. Their lineup would be nothing. So you had to pay him. Mets fans are happy. We're stoked. And now the question remains, what's next? And that's always the question. Once you you secure the guy that you hoped you secured, the next question is, what's next? And obviously on the docket and the rumors going around is Jay Bruce, Curtis Granderson. Will they trade? It seems almost definite that they trade one of the two. My mind, I trade Curtis Granderson. I think while I like Granderson as a person and I think he's been pivotal One, the man is so streaky throughout the season, and especially early in the year. It seems like he just doesn't show up the first month. It seems like he's still in spring training in April. Jay Bruce, sure, he had his struggles early on. But I think giving Jay Bruce an entire offseason, giving Jay Bruce an entire spring training with a new organization is going to allow him to have so much more comfortability with New York, the New York fan base, his new team. Going from a small-town Cincinnati to big market New York – overnight during the season like that is not easy to do for a guy who's played his whole career in Cincinnati. I think Jay Bruce offers more at the plate. I think they're pretty similar in the field. They're both not very good defensively. They both have very weak arms. I would say Granderson is better defensively, but not to say that he's but that good. The arms are probably the same. I mean, Granderson has a terrible arm, and Bruce doesn't have a very good arm. I just think Bruce provides more power, and I also think that Granderson right now has a higher trade value than Bruce does just because of the struggles Bruce did have. In the end, they both have one year left, so it's kind of a crapshoot. But they're both middle-of-the-order guys, and I think the Mets have enough enough left-handed hitters in the lineup here. Uh, you could say you could argue the other way as well, but I think you have Neil Walker, a switch hitter. You have Lucas Duda, a left-handed hitter. You have Reyes, a switch hitter. 
I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm an idiot here. They're both left-handed. I don't know how I just <laughs> that just skipped my mind. Well, um, <laughs> that just ruined that point completely. It doesn't. <laughs> forget I said that. Again, this is the Thanksgiving rust wearing off. But I think Bruce just offered more power and more more co- contribution to the offense than Curtis Granderson does. While Granderson, yeah, he gets on base. He didn't really get on base that well last year. It was like a 320 OBP, 330. He's he's better than that. And I think he's aging. And I think Bruce right now is still in the prime of his career. He led the NL in RBIs before he came to the Mets. If the Mets could get anything close to that from him in 2017, this is a World Series contender. My one beef with Bruce, and it's not really a, my real problem with him, but I feel like him and Lucas Duda are very similar. So if you have both of them, it's like having... That's true. And it's not like either of them are really bad players, but they're the same guy for the most part. I, I think, think Granderson also strikes out a lot, though. I, I think yeah, Bruce he, strikes he, out he a lot, but so does Granderson. He does. I think, But Bruce has a, has a decent OBP, I think. I think he's solid enough. Um, but it, it's a crapshoot, really. I mean... I want to get Sans opinion, because I know Sans is not a big Jay Bruce guy. I... Didn't like the trade originally. I still don't like the trade. When they did the trade for Jay Bruce, because I think Dilson Herrera is going to be a great player in the MLB someday, and I think that he's in a perfect spot now with Phillips retiring, that Phillips retiring soon, that he's going to get a spot. Is that the, is that a thing? Phillips retiring? I mean, he's, I mean, he's only got, I mean, what? He's been playing like, for what, a three quite, years quite some time. He's like 35. I think it's coming at some <laughs> point. Four or five. I wouldn't say soon. I'd say four or five yeah. years. Oh, soon yeah. and, and means like two years. Or I, mean, I don't know. but Get your soon right. That's my soon. That's like you soon. get your snapping selfies <laughs> or like, kissing your girl. I like. was not. <laughs> But I think Santa's smitten. I think you are right though with Jay Bruce and Lucas Duda being similar people because they both strike out a lot. They're both big left power hitting lefties, and I think that you can afford to trade Bruce more than you can trade Granderson. I just don't think Bruce is going to get that much now coming off his, his stock struggles is at in New York. All time low. Yeah, I think yeah. Granderson isn't high, but I don't think it's low. I would and I think he's a veteran. He's older though, no? Like a, lot, like a good amount. Granderson? Well, that's, see, you guys should be looking this up. What is this? Stack guys here. Uh, <laughs> Granderson is 35, so Granderson is definitely older than Bruce. Bruce, it, like Bruce is 29. Oh. Like Bruce oh. is He's just prime entering is, the prime. And the Mets are receiving more trade interest in Granderson. Yeah. That's weird. It's tough for me because Granderson's a guy I've talked to and a guy I've interviewed who's a high character guy he's great in the community people in New York love him from Yankees and the Mets uh, he's played on both sides and has had success so I think that aspect it, it's tough and Bruce is more of a quiet I think Granderson is more of a clubhouse leader than Bruce is per se but I think the Mets have enough leaders where they could go they have Neil Walker they have David Wright coming back um, so we'll see how that plays out. I'd, I'd be curious even shopping Lucas Duda, honestly. Yeah, but who's going to play first? And I don't think Wright could play first every day. I don't want to see Flores every day. Do they call up Rosario, possibly? No, Rosario's a shortstop, and he's nowhere near ready. Uh, I, I Maybe you see Chikini play a little first. Uh, Chikini has been lights out hitting in sure, AAA. Are you but. sure David Wright, with his back the way it is, is going to be able to play third base at a – I mean, but how, you could say the same thing. Can he play first base? I mean, I, it's much, I mean, I that's first bending is over. Then. That's a lot of I bending think it's over. It's less strenuous, though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look at Hanley played first base this year. Like <laughs> anyone <Yeah>. can play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, and speaking of bending over, how about Von Miller and the <laughs> sex tape, man? I mean, great segue. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this Instagram. That's what they teach in college, right there. This Instagram <laughs> girl like that. Literally says she did not do it to extort him for the money, for the two and a half million. That's the number that I guess her attorney threw out there. I mean, first of all, I ain't gonna trust an Instagram chick. 
like Instagram models. Everyone's an Instagram model. I'm technically an Instagram. I'm an Instagram hoe. Like we all are. We're all Instagram models. Like she says and stumbled while saying because she was talking to TMZ and I guess she didn't want to like sound ridiculous. Said, "I kept it so I can play with myself with it or masturbate to it." Like, first of all, they do have porn for that. You can visit porn. Some people get off on themselves. No, I, I I could see that. Believe me, I could see that. But for her, for people to actually think that we would believe her that she kept it for that reason, we know you kept it for one, the money. Two, I'm sure you want to show that to your friend. Let's be honest. She tells people, "I banged Von Miller." Like, no, you didn't, mother effer. I watch. got it on my phone. <laughs> Don't believe me? Just watch. All gold in my phone. Um, <laughs> so that ha- you have to look at that as well. See, if if we're a guy and say, "Hey, I banged Mila Kunis," it's like, "No, you didn't, bro." Like, shut up. Like, I was just saying that. <laughs> Bitch, watch this. <laughs> if you got that shit on your phone, it's like, "All right, you're legit." So that side I can see as well that she wanted to keep it a show off to people. I'm saying I'm sure her Instagram it's model like friends. Girl, she said, "Look who banged Von Miller. You didn't." It's no. like the Julian Edelman girl. That was great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like just to show off. Like, oh, look, look who I. If look I had a I picture with Beyonce in bed, Tinder profile pic ASAP Rocky. <laughs> like, game over. Like every dating app would be me and Beyonce. So in that angle, I could see. But I mean, come on with the whole I masturbated to it i mean that ain't the only reason we know the number one reason is you trying to cash up and cash out i mean once the money comes into play your motives are are known yeah i mean and i guess you can't blame her because apparently what she said is vaughn said let's take a video apparently she didn't and she she goes after why would he have her record it that I could believe. Record on your own phone. That I could semi-believe. Well, they said that he had a couple of videos as well. That I could semi-believe, but then she goes on and says, like, oh, I had to resist for a while. I wasn't sure. Like, shut up. Oh, <laughs> like, shut up. Like, that is just. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. I mean, wh- nobody's safe, man. Nobody is safe. Nobody is safe. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm telling you though. Am I getting if, echoed right now? What is this? By by uh, Shadow Haze. If he told, if he legitimately said, "Hey, we should record this," and then he had her do it on her phone, he is to blame. Come on, son. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on, ladies, 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 ladies. Stop echoing me. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. That was the noise they were making in bed. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, Vaughn. Vaughn, you... Oh, Sack of Kim doing... Oh, ah! That's just Jake being Jake. <laughs> so, I, I don't buy it, man. And I saw that video right before we started recording the show, and I was just like, really? I mean, on top Wait, of the... the f- video's out? No, 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 no. Not the sex video. Oh. No, she her interview with TMZ. Oh, like, yeah. Again, say. more attention. I mean, in this era, it's hard to believe anything, and you, you got to be careful. Speaking of that, nobody you, really is saying. Did you anymore. see that the, uh, Adobe uh, made like a Photoshop for voice editing now, so you can make people basically say whatever you want, even if they didn't even say it. 
I didn't know that. You can't believe any, you can't believe nothing these days, man. You know what you can believe, Luke? What? That Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. That's so true. Yo, these transitions are lit right Literally. now. Mac Weldon University. Mac Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. It's an easy shopping experience. The product is great. Fits me well. Mac Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, sock shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear. And they have a silver line of underwear, silver underwear. That are naturally antimicrobial, and that'll help Luke because it means they eliminate odor, Luke. Well, huge. And they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, keep it, and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. Great for working out, going to work, going to the studio, going out on a date, or just your everyday life. Go to MacWeldon.com. And get 20% off using uh, my promo code BROWN. Mac Weldon. I'll W. Let me see K Weldon. .com and 20% off using my code BROWN. What's the code again? Brown, 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 Beans, greens, tomatoes, tomatoes. I have to say this. This just came up on my mind. I'm not trying to talk shit about people, but. Uh oh. Is Kevin Dexter calling the uh, the uh, the Nets N- New York Nets game? Mm-hmm. I knew I heard his voice over the loudspeaker wow. at the Nets game last night. By the way, Nets game was litty last night. Game of the year, just double overtime. Doc Rivers gets ejected. It led Sports Center. Nets Clippers was the lead highlight on Sports Center, so you know it was good. So you know hashtag. So you know it's real. Um, just a wild back and forth game. Four consecutive missed free throws by the Nets. Um, uh, Isaiah Whitehead missed the two technicals. Uh, Sean Kilpatrick dropped a career high 38. An NBA D leaguer balled 38. out. 38 points, 14 boards. I mean, it Cincinnati, was. Cincinnati. Yeah, it was, it was. Where? Cincinnati? He went to Cincinnati. There you go, Bearcat. And he just went off, and it was just such an odd game because you think that the. Nets are done. They come back in the fourth down double digits. Then you think they're going to win and they can't make a free throw. They had a couple buzzer-beating attempts, and they finally pull it off. And uh, what a game. And uh, a fun night. I was in a suite that did not have free food and drinks. I mean, one of the most criminal things known to man. What's the point of the suite without the... I mean, I should say that. I think That was the bougie was comment gr- of 2016. No, I know. I mean, I can't complain. It was a free suite, and it was like center court, but... Hello. <laughs> I mean, I had to pay for food. It was unfortunate. Oh, boo! That is pretty bougie. I'm becoming bougier by the day. It's really sad. What happened to you? I make fun of the Upper East Side for being bougie, but like I am the Upper East Side. Yeah. The Upper Jake Side. All the way up. <laughs> hey, keep that going, baby. All the way up. All the way All up the way to up. the East Side, boys. <laughs> <laughs> beans, beans, tomatoes, potatoes. I just made up a word. <laughs> Cortados. Speaking of potatoes, by the way, great Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. My transitions are on <laughs> fleek today. Go. Like, like, can we, do we have a bomb drop, like, sound? Like, I don't. Uh, do we have anything resembling that of just me bomb? being hot right now? Like, anything about Jake being That's dry up or get flown over. Um, just tremendous. Uh, great Thanksgiving. Um, went down to North Carolina. My mom cooked. 
great dinner, got a lot of new clothes over break, got some swaggy Ray-Bans, blue Ray-Bans, that Luke can attest. These Ray-Bans wow. with this blue swagget that I got, <laughs> that is literally out of the- Swagget? A swagget. Is that like, an act? Did you just come up with that? I just came up with it, and it's golden. It's pure gold. That's good stuff. Swagget. The swagget I had on looked like I was, it was me and Will Farrell in the night at the Roxbury. I replaced the short guy. Uh, Chris Kattan. Chris Kattan. Sorry, Chris. Great movie. It's Will and Jake. Forget Will and Grace. It's Will and Jake. I walked in like I was about to hit the club and sit VIP and just pop out. This blue jacket. I mean, as soon as we walked in, to let alone it was Macy's. It was like I think it was like sixty five. It was on sale for like forty. One of the great light jackets ever. Like I'm gonna wear if I go if I go to this ring. <laughs> what a statement. Light swaggets. <laughs> One of the great light jackets of all time. <laughs> if I go, <laughs> I, I promise to you, either tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, Thursday this drops I'm playing in a celebrity ping pong tournament I may wear that to that or Friday the Ring of Honor event I will literally stun on every guy who jerks off in their mom's basement at this Ring of Honor event with this swagget well that hurt Luke's feelings I know <laughs> as soon as I said it Luke like cried like, oh it's a Ring of Honor show let's go shit on all the Ring of Honor fans <laughs> I'm just kidding for all you people listening I'm joking um uh, we all have jerked off in the basement. I, I haven't, actually. You've never jerked off in your mom's basement? No, because we didn't really have a basement. Well, in, in, when I lived in Little Neck, New York, we didn't have a basement. It was just a one-bathroom apartment for five people. And then in Connecticut, we had a basement, but there was all our junk was down there. There was It wasn't a hangout spot. It was like a, you could you couldn't jerk off on the boxes. It was a dungeon. No, it was a dungeon now that I was scared to go down there. I would go down there like to pick up like an action figure that I had or something like would you jerk off to the action no figure? it's disgusting um but he didn't really have a basement so i i could never say i could so for all the, for those listening who have i guess i'm jealous of them <laughs> man I, I wish i could jerk off my mom's basement so bad it's more grandma the joke is grandma's basement right it's not no. mom's basement no it's grandma's grandma. grandma's why, why would i jerk off in grandma's basement you live with your mom not your, i mean most people live with their mom not their grandma uh, that's true Grandma's basement. <laughs> That's true. Well, uh, <laughs> where do I go from here? You've been transitioning all day. You can do it. I'm trying to do a good one here without like like making it obvious. Yeah, uh, not making it obvious. Speaking of jerks, and then speaking of jerks, guys, Todd Bowles, the <laughs> ultimate jerk. I mean, I don't know where you were going with your. Jerk. I wasn't gonna. I was, I was leading you into it. Oh yeah. Speaking of jerk, very nice of Sam. Todd Bowles, the ultimate jerk, continuing to play Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is just bonkers. It's time for JB's beef, and nobody's safe. No, 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 nobody's safe. And nobody is safe. Yeah, I mean, guess what, guys. The New York Jets are three and freaking eight right now, and they continue to play to a quarterback that means nothing to their future. The season is over. Start Bryce Petty for Christ's sake. It's so freaking frustrating to watch a team that's finished give up on their hopes and dreams and just quit. Just continue to throw a quarterback out there who at this point means nada. It's frustrating as a Jets fan myself. 
We need to see what the future is. And now there's five games less in the season. The more you're doing to not play Bryce Petty, the more you're really slowing down his development. Excuse me. Because the longer you play Ryan Fitzpatrick, the shorter time you have to see what you have from him. And now you're not even going to get a start from the kid out of Penn State anymore, Hackenberg, who is an absolute hack. But still, you want to see at least one game out of him. You can't even see him. And now you're barely seeing Bryce Petty. So what do we have to do as a Jets fan base to get into the management's mind, to get into Todd Bowles' mind? Todd Bowles is going to be fired at this rate. If Todd Bowles does not make a switch soon, he's done. I already think he should be fired after the season. I'll I'll be shocked if he's back next year. Just a terrible, terrible coach. Um, And he's going to get canned. It's very annoying to see a team just seem not to care at this point about, about the franchise. The Jets haven't had a quarterback in so long, man. I mean, it's been Chad Pennington and Vinny freaking Testaverde. Where's our quarterback? He's my teammate. That's my quarterback. It, it's it's very annoying. It's very annoying. But, anyways. Um, speaking of annoying, guys. College football playoff. It really bothers me. Because the committee seems like they have no idea what they're doing. It seems like they're just playing it by year. They're just like, eh, let's do this, let's do this. And now and now, what's next? Because now we have a very intriguing situation going to the final week and going to the playoffs here. Alabama pretty much a lock at number one unless they find a way to lose to the Gators. And the Gators have had a great year where it's possible, but probably not probable. Ohio State's done. Their season is done. They beat... Michigan, controversial game, very controversial spot, forward progress, I guess you give it to him. It's hard to argue it because you could see both ways of the argument. But Ohio State pulls it off. Clemson is three, and then Washington is four. So Washington will play Colorado for the Pac-12 championship. Yes. And that game is going to be intriguing. I don't think if Colorado wins, they don't really have a shot unless they get a bunch of other teams to lose here. They have a shot if a bunch of teams lose, but not likely. I'm trying to like think out how they would get in. They would need like Penn State to win. They really don't have a chance because Clemson doesn't play this weekend, right? No, they do. They Who play do they Virginia play? Tech. Okay, they, that's a tough game. Virginia Tech's nine to three. Right. Um, they would need a miracle, honestly. They would need Clemson to lose. They would need. They wa- would beat. Washington. They would need to beat Washington. They would need. I think Wisconsin to lose. Yes, I think they need Penn State. I don't to think win. it could happen for Colorado. Let's just put them out of the equation right now. Penn State, Wisconsin. If Penn State wins. They would need a Washington loss or a Clemson loss. If they get a, they really need both, honestly, because Michigan will probably be in that top four if that happens. Uh, It's going to be mayhem, and there's going to be people that aren't happy in the end. But here's how Penn State gets in: they beat Wisconsin, who is six. They are seven right now. Washington loses and Clemson loses. That pretty much is a lock that Penn State is in. I would say. I would say if Clemson and Washington both lose, they are both out, and that puts Michigan and Penn State in. If Clemson, say Clemson wins, they will stay at three. Uh, say Washington wins, they'll stay at four, and then nothing will change. So if those four teams win, nothing will change. Even if Alabama loses, they're in the top four. Um, so there's a lot of scenarios that could play out, but I'm not a fan, guys. I'm not a fan of the four-team playoff. I think at the very least it should be expanded to eight. I just think there's too many five through eight that could also be contenders. I'd rather see an eight-team playoff. 
I, I don't. I think thirty-two is too much. Sixteen is mi- a maybe. I think eight is fair because it's almost like a top ten. You have the eight eight teams going at it, and I think it would add so much more intrigue. Because at this point, a team like Colorado is thinking like, "Great, we'll make a very good bowl game if we win, but we're still not going to get in." And if they lose, they're saying we just had a great season, don't have a chance. So, I think it's a little bit unfair. The thing that I've heard people say, and um, one of our friends, Anthony Notarelli, says this all the time: you can't get into college football because if your team loses once, your team's your season is basically over for more, just more than four teams. And you don't have that in any other sport. Yeah. It's just frustrating because it leaves out so many other schools that really deserve a shot. I think 16 would be too much just because of the wear, the tear, the schoolwork, all that. And it's it's very tough to ask a college player to play almost a whole NFL season. They had an idea I saw in Sports Illustrated a few years ago before the playoff was even a thing. It was a 16-team playoff with every conference's winner getting a, an automatic berth. And then the remaining like six teams are at larges. Say that again. So like, there's all the conferences in college football. Every conference. Every conference. That's so like, even lot. like the Mountain West and those smaller conferences. Okay. Though every conference's winner gets in automatically. I think it comes out to ten or eleven teams. The rest are at large bids that don't win their conference. How many? Five or six. Uh, that's that. That's a little too confusing. One and two. There's a lot of conferences What's that are not. What's confusing about it? It's just not as good conferences as others. They're just not worth. There's it gives you incentive to win. That's your like conference. putting BYU in. It's like come on. But a team like Western Michigan, who's undefeated this that's year, an upset. They would get in. They would get in, but that's what makes March. Get that's what makes March Madness so great. Is you have teams. That that's a lot not... though. Six. You know, what? I'm all for sixteen. Screw it. Let's yes. Do it. Let's, Let's go. party. Let's Welcome. party like it's 1984. <laughs> there we go. Party. Party. Uh, let's do it. I mean, it's going to be a wild weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing what the final standings are. And, I mean, some of these teams are just going to ride off into the sunset. Keep in mind, Ohio State, the year they won, didn't make it into the college, into the top four until the last ranking. They were never in it until the last ranking of the season. So Someone, it could be a team from the outside right now. An outsider looking in. Maybe in, but there's going to be a lot of teams that are outside and they they are riding their way into the sunset. If you want to ride into the sunset, check out Kumo Tires. You're like five for six today. Yeah, it's amazing. Five for six? All right, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, what does the road to success for an NFL player like, look like? Kumo Tires giving you the behind-the-scenes look for what a player's road to success with player style files presented by Kumo Tire. You can see Rashad Jennings. Um, and they they tell me to say Darren McFadden of the Cowboys. McFadden's not on the Cowboys. He, is. he, he is. just got uh, I think he just got activated off the IR. Okay, he was on IR. That's yeah. why. Um, I knew that, but I knew he hadn't played all year. Yeah. Uh, they present the uh, tire training helping athletes improve mobility, balance, strength, and performance. Visit KumoTire.com. K U M H O. By the way, to learn how better quality how quality tires can improve your car's performance, better traction, better grip, better control, less noise. Kumo Tire is better. Always, they'll help you drive through the toughest road conditions, better grip, control, handling, balance, more comfortable ride, and they have the tires to make your ride safer and more tractable. Uh, Kumo has the tire for you in all conditions, mud terrain, ultra high performance, on off road, whatever conditions, whether it's a luxury car, race car, SUV, crossover, uh, they have the tire for you. Higher quality, high quality, a better value, ultra high performance. You'll get the PS91 all terrain, the AT51, mudded snow, the MT51, and everyday commute, the TA11. Go to kumousa.com slash D 
Steeler. This is the Jake Brown show. It's on Play Dot. It, it's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. I don't know yet if we're on Stitcher. You'll have to check in. I think we should get on Google Play at some point. A lot good, of people yeah. use Google Play that I did not realize. I don't really know what it is that much. But apparently Google Play is a big thing amongst Androids, correct? It's like iTunes. It's the same thing just for Android. Yeah. I, we got a, I think Dalton Castle's an Android user. When I texted him, he had the yellow. I I judge people with the yellow. Sorry, Sam, but like, all right, you're just yellow. It's usually green. Yeah, it's green. Normally. Green, sorry. <laughs> yellow. <laughs> I'm like, I'm colorblind here. I meant I meant green. All about money. Um, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. But uh, yeah, we got some Ring of Honor interviews coming up. I want to do my locks against the spread after we do a little NFL. Uh, some quick nuggets. One, Broncos fine with them going for the field goal there. Got to go for the win. I know it's long, but with the altitude there, with McManus having the ability to kick a long field goal, he's kicked it 70 yards in practice. You got to give it a try. It's not the end of the world. It may be the end of the world considering this AFC is so stacked right now that the Chiefs and and the and the Raiders are going to probably get in. Um, but there'll be room for one more wild card. I, I honestly don't trust the Dolphins the rest of the way. They've won games, but they've won very ugly and very sloppy. Um, RG3 and his girlfriend get robbed. I mean, why are you leaving your wallets in the parking lot? One, two. I was about to say good riddance, but that's kind of rude. Um, you said it. RG3 has so. robbed a lot of uh, the team of a lot of money already. He wow. supposedly may be back this year. Yeah, well. He didn't get his first out. shot. Maybe he, he can hurt. lead the Browns to their first win. Maybe. But, I don't know. The whole thing is girlfriend and then the, the, the girl who made a fake account, apparently, or that, that was fake, that was tweeting his, his ex. Uh, just a whole, just a lot of nonsense. And his girl is hot. We'll say that she's a smoke of the day. Um, but don't believe your wallet's in the car. That's never gonna, never gonna be safe. Nobody is safe. Uh, Nobody is safe. I, I talked about the Jets. The Bucks are in the playoff race now at six and five, stunning the Seahawks, who are a weird team. Very weird. But they they're, win games though. They're terrible away from Seattle. I would say. And it's not just that. They are either looking great or they look like they did there. There's no, like, middle ground. Between they, them. When they win, they look ugly, though. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a, a weird team. One thing I'll say about the Bucks though, is these last two weeks, I thought were the locks of the year for them to lose against Kansas City. I think they were at Kansas City and home against Seattle. I thought those were locks. They would lose both. And they won both. They well, really, home Seattle, you really need to have surprised a me. Tony Dungy two. picked them. Of course he did. Former team. Uh but yeah, man, uh, the game the game of the daytime. I mean, the game of the week was Chiefs Broncos, of course. But the game of the day was Panthers uh, Raiders. Uh, Raiders. And I will say, if you follow me on Twitter, I did have a sixty nine dollar, yeah, sixty nine dollars nice. five team parlay winner. Shout out Andy Torsher. That ride that rided on that rode on that rided. Um, ridden that Roden that Bill Roden on. <laughs> Former played on the podcast host. <laughs> if Bill Roden on. <laughs> just if Bill, Sam doesn't get this because he has it. no idea who Bill Roden is. Bill Roden, former played on it host. He's a, he's a journalist, a, he's a very good journalist who's written for many years. He's wrote, written books. He was, I think, with, with the New York Times. Um, Bill Roden, Bill Roden on sports. But he. <laughs> Sam, I love how Sam, Luke gets it, so it works. Most people will get that if you know who Bill Roden is. It's, it's nothing that funny. It's, just, it's a funny little. Uh, <laughs> We're just, what are we doing? I don't know. But 
Uh, now I forgot what I said. Uh, if Bill Something wrote about oh, the Raiders, if, if Bill Bill wrote in. <laughs> This is terrible radio. <laughs> this is laughing. This is like, oh, never mind. If Bill, talk, if, if talk football. I'm talk trying to do it without saying Bill Roden. If Bill, <laughs> if, if Bill Roden on the Raiders. Roden, Roden on the Raiders. <laughs> Roden round and I'm getting it. Um, I'm Roden dirty. They see me roading, they <laughs> patrolling, they try to catch me roading dirty. Bill roading dirty, trying to catch me roading dirty. <laughs> Incredible. 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 That's just Jake being Jake. Oh, my God. That's just Jake being Jake. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it roading on. <laughs> I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> This Derek Carr eroded on the eroded on the Raiders winning and the Raiders It also eroded on the Patriots winning, and they found a way to win thanks to Fitzpatrick's fumble. Fitz fumble. Derek Carr basically dislocated a finger in five spots, and he eroded off to the bench. <laughs> then he eroded back up. To the He said it was the most pain in his life. And then they rode him to the hospital to get his fingerprints. Let's, let's, uh, oh my God. Get out. Oh, man. And, uh, oh, man. This is. Let's rode into the, to the uh, South Beach where the Dolphins survived the late 49ers rally. I mean, great comeback, by the Niners and Colin Kaepernick he tried to road it into the end zone he just couldn't do it in the that looks so <laughs> the Bears man they rode in their way to the end zone and that actually relied on the parlay I had the Titans minus six the Bears dropped three balls in the end zone in that final drive. That was a pathetic. I'm the only one at the bar, like, oh. watching Titans-Bears <laughs> intentively. Like, everyone's looking at the Giants game. I'm here watching Titans-Bears, hoping the Titans cover by six, and they do, thanks to number 11 drop that I forget on the Bears, which receiver I want to say, but I don't Meredith know. or Wilson? No. Wilson. It wasn't Meredith or Wilson. A Royal? No, Wilson's hurt. I think it was, like, it was a Royal. I'm not 100%. I may be making this up. This may be wrong. I think it was Bellamy. I don't even Number know eleven. Name. I don't even on know the his Bears. Name. But I'll say that Josh Matt, Bellamy. Bellamy, I knew that. I'm not dumb. Matt Barkley though, when the he game was good. on the line, the fourth, he looked good. He did look good. And let's not forget about Matt Barkley. There was a time when it was a foregone conclusion that Matt Barkley was the first pick in the draft. Yep. And then he got hurt. Rode it his way down the track. <laughs> Oh no. He took oh, a, no. He took the he took the long road and Me and Jake are here just dying let's and Sant is just take, like what the hell am I doing here? Let's take a road into Cleveland. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns lose yet again. They're 0 13. They finally have a bye, so they'll win this week. Uh, the Giants get by. Giants, man, are the hottest team right now in the league. Six straight, eight and three. We'll see if they r- rode it into the playoffs. But the Ravens, they also win. They improved to six and five. 
Uh, and the Falcons crushed crushed the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals uh, look like they're done this year. I mean, they just look terrible, very inconsistent, and their offense has not been good. Um, all right, guys, let's before we, we got three wrestling guests. We got Colt Cabana, we have Adam Cole, and we have Dalton Castle coming up. Let's give you my NFL Week 13 locks against the spread. I took last week off because I was away. Luke hit me with that good stuff. Let's tell him what's good because I did win that five-team parlay, so I felt I was bringing back after a strong week of picks. Easily the toughest week of the year. I'm up three on Brian Alton, my co-worker. Uh, we'll see what happens. Lock number one of the week. I'm going to tell you this. Tell me. I'm going to tell you this. Though. I'm locking in the Oakland Raiders, a three-point favorite with the Bills coming there. I think the Raiders are just riding so high right now. Honestly, disrespectful. Put some respect on their name. In the words of Birdman. The Raiders, three-point favorites at home against Buffalo. They should be seven-point favorites at the least. They're shaking early. They're shaking. Yeah, but they are scoring at will right now. I like the Raiders to cover a three-point spread there. Lock number two of the week. I like Seattle at home as a seven-point favorite against Carolina. I think the Seahawks are going to come in angry. They're a much better home team than away team, and the Panthers are reeling right now, man. The Panthers just don't look good. Have a lot of holes in the defense. I think the Seahawks will come back strong this week and win that game. Lock in the Seattle the Seahawks. Jesus. What? Lock, <laughs> Lock number three. I'm going to take, take a road in down to the Big Easy <laughs> with the Lions. A six-point underdog. In New Orleans. You got him on the show next week. I know. We got to do it. Oh, man. We need to cut it at road. Uh, Tony Rope. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Detroit is a six-point underdog. I like them to cover this six-point spread. Again, a little disrespectful for a team leading their division to be a six-ball a game back. Oh, no. Are they leading? Uh, yeah, they are. They are, but, yeah. No, but they should not be six-point underdogs in New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans very inconsistent. I'm going to lock in Detroit. Lock number four of the week. I like the New England Patriots here. It's a big number at minus 13 and a half. But I just think Jared Goff, you saw them get crushed by New Orleans. We saw Goff, 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 Goff throw his first three touchdown passes. But, man, the Patriots are going to run all over them at home going to be ugly. I'm locking in the Patriots. Is that number three? Lock number four now? That was four. That was four? Lock number five. Um, Denver. Another. Put some respect on their name. They're five-point favorites against the measly Jaguars. The Broncos should win that game by at least a field. I mean, that's just bad. Man. So, I'm I'm on the Broncos. Uh, I'm rolling on the Broncos train right now. Road in the wind. Those are my five locks against the split. Coming up next, everyone. You heard about Kumo Tire. You heard about Mac Weldon. You heard about Bill Roden. You heard about NFL Week 12. You heard my locks. You heard about Cespedes. You heard about a sex tape and Instagram chicks pleasuring themselves to it 
tips, let's say. Um, heard a lot of good segues. You heard great segues. Just a pat on the back for me for segues. Shout out to Dennis Quinn. Shout out to Dennis Quinn. Uh, I think we covered everything, and we got to get to our interviews now. So coming up next, how, what order do we want to do these interviews, guys? So we have Luke is the wrestling guy. So we have Cole Cabana, we have Adam Cole, and we have Dalton Castle. Who should I introduce now as they're coming on? I think we should go to our buddy Dalton Castle. Okay, and then who should we have after Dalton? Well, you know, Dalton had something to say to Colt. So we'll do Dalton Cole. So no, we'll get... no, Dalton had something to say to Colt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought so you said he Cole. Had... No, no. Be careful no. with your E's and T's. Oh, okay. And your, t- and your beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. Don't want to get those mixed up. So, we'll do... so we're going to do Dalton, we're going to do Colt Cabana, and we're going to finish the show with the two-time Ring of Honor champion of the world, Jake Brown. No, that'll be Adam Cole. Um... All right, coming up next is Dalton Castle, then Cole Cabana, then Adam Colt. Ring of Honor Friday pay-per-view catch at 9 p.m. on pay-per-view. Go buy it, I guess. Or if I there's guess. tickets left. Definitely buy it. It's sold out, I think. But if there's tickets left or you want to get them on the black market, um, go and get them and go to Hammerstein Ballroom. And if you're going to be at the show, we will. I, I will 100% I will be there. likely be there. I will, Sant will likely be there probably, yeah. if I hook him up. If with a ticket, I had tickets anyway. So we'll see. I'm going. All right, yeah, so. we'll see if we um, come. Say hey, I don't play. Yeah, it's not. It's not too far. It's a short road in downtown. Uh, downtown right by Penn Hammerstein Station. Ballroom. Right next to Penn Station. Right there. So roading on down and get to the Hammerstein Ballroom and catch it. <laughs> this show has been sponsored by Bill Roden on sports. Uh, all right, guys. Honor, the Ring of Honor people are just like, what are we doing yeah. on this show? Yeah, I don't what know. What are we doing? Dawn Castle, <laughs> Cole Cabana, Adam Cole coming up next. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Subscribe on iTunes, The Jake Brown Show, or Spotify, The Jake Brown Show. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is at Jake Brown Show. And you can follow me at Jake Brown Radio, Santanella at Santanella, and Luke Halpert at I am Luke Halpert. Coming up next, Dawn Castle. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the interviews. Hey, this is professional wrestler and professional podcaster, Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Congratulations. You're listening to The Jake Brown Show. And welcome back to The Jake Brown Show. CBS Radio's Play.it, iTunes, and Spotify is where you find us. Jake Brown Radio, Jake Brown Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media networks. A Ring of Honor special show uh, today. The It comes tomorrow, Friday, uh, December 2nd, will be the show at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Not the Hammerstein Ballroom. I've been lectured that it's called the Hammerstein. Tomato, tomato. Uh, we had uh, Colt Cabana on as well as Adam Cole. And Cabana will take on this man, Dalton Castle, uh, Friday night at the ballroom. And it'll be 9 o'clock pay-per-view. Dalton, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Super excited to wrestle inside the Hammer Kevin Steen ballroom. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's considered, uh, start with that, it's considered like the epicenter uh, for Ring of Honor and Final Battle uh, coming there, and you've never wrestled there. Uh, you know the history. How excited are you to make your de- debut in the building? I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. I feel like... Uh, like they played play some real big practical joke on me because uh, seeing a final battle at the Hammerstein was uh, was one of the motivating factors to, to get myself in gear and start working really hard to get hired by Ring of Honor. It was there I saw I saw an event happen and I said this is the company 
I need to be a part of. And so I did. It worked out. Uh, I, I, I got I got the notice I needed. I got uh, a job. And as soon as I got hired, uh, they said, we don't run that building anymore. Hmm. What is, but here we are. Well, I mean, what does it mean for you and your career here coming to the, the Mecca? I'll probably retire after this. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I always say that about every match, though. Mm-hmm. You never want to be wrong. Yeah. And you, your opponent, Cole Cabana, is your former tag team partner. Uh, anything you want to say to him as he's going to be on the program that I could relay the message to him? Colt Cabana, you are a jerk. Is that, is there, is that, that's it? Any any other messages? No, that's it. I think that sums it up. That's how I feel about him. That's what he is, and that's uh, that's what I want to say. Your character is unlike uh, a lot of people have seen in quite some time. For those not familiar, how would you sum up the Dalton Castle persona and who were? I, su- I think Dalton Castle is like the carry of the Sex in the City. You know. <laughs> Just a fun-loving girl, just trying to figure out what this world's all about and what uh, you know, what uh, where I belong. Who who are some of the inspirations for your character, besides oh. uh, Carrie, I guess? Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> uh, that's that's top of the list. Uh, Richard Dreyfus, he's mixed in there, and uh, Frankie Nubes. Um, there you go. Yeah, not his character of Malcolm in the Middle, but you know. The, the spy movies he did there. <laughs> Up until last year, again, Dolan Castle joined the Jake Brown Show. You were a radio DJ. We were just talking about before you went to Brockport, upstate New York, a radio guy like me, and now you're one of the up and top up-and-coming names in pro wrestling. Uh, talk a little bit, uh, Dolan, about DJ life and any cool moments or difficulties balancing radio and wrestling life at the same time. I never found it difficult. Uh, it was difficult to convince the uh, the people above me that wrestling was cool and uh, worthwhile talking about on the radio. Uh, I thought there was a lot of similarities to the both of them. Uh, I talked into a microphone in both of them. I'm performing uh, one way or another on radio and in wrestling. Uh, during the week, there wasn't a lot of pro wrestling shows, so I could do my job. And then on the weekends... Uh, I wasn't in the studio, so I was on the road. And I'd come back with these these stories, these life experiences, and I want to share share them with my audience. And uh, yeah, I think the biggest problem I had was finding a, a boss who thought what I did was unique and worth talking about. Your opponent, uh, Cabana, had art of Re- has the Art of Wrestling po- podcast, and you yourself had an interview series a few years back called Sisterhood of the Traveling Tights, uh, where you interview wrestlers and got them to open up and get weird. Uh, is that series dead and gone, or are we going to see down the road a revival of it? I will bring that series back as soon as you decide you want to produce, film, and edit, and pay me to do it. Uh, it was a lot of work. It was it It, it was fun. I I had a blast doing it, and it kept me entertained, and it kept me kind of uh, flexing my creativity bones. That I'm, you can't flex bones, but let's just say I have bones that flex. <laughs> so it, was, it kept me doing something 
that I like to do, and it doubled for content for the radio station's website, which was a big part of my job, was I had to produce a certain amount of content pieces and unique and local stories uh, in, in videos to go along with stuff. Uh, I didn't just talk on a microphone. I had to write for a website. So that was something. That was a way of me tying my two jobs together. I was a wrestler. I would film it. I would make a video, and then I would put it on the website uh, of the radio station. Uh, I, I know. I don't it... work in that on that station anymore, so yeah. uh, I probably I don't really see. I don't really have the motivation to do it to stress myself out every wrestling show wondering how am I going to interview somebody uh, before the show ends. I hear what you're saying. Content, content, content. Putting video up, cutting, putting uh, mm-hmm. all this stuff up. It's a lot of work. It's and not hard if you got a team doing it, but exactly. that was all me. Yeah, no. And I've, I've been there with past shows and even this show, just having a lot put on your, put on your back while trying to do other things as well as it's a lot of yeah. stress, and it's not a ton of money uh, paid <laughs> want, in your pocket. We so. want to be better. We want to do all these amazing things, but we also want to cut the staff in half and your pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that, that's. I feel like that was the uh, the mentality of radio. Yeah, it's it's a tough world. It's a struggle in these streets. Dalton Castle, the Dalton Castle on Facebook I and feel Twitter. Your pain. Yeah, bro. I it's, feel it. You you feel Working it. in a ghost town studio where all the cubicles are empty. <laughs> ghost town, New York City. Run by robots. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Don Cal's joining us. Um, you got to talk a little bit about the boys here. They look like they were born to play this role. How did you find these guys? The boys. I'll tell you what. The boys wouldn't put up with a robotic uh, Terminator apocalypse like we were just discussing, <laughs> which is radio. The boys. Uh, I've got boys everywhere. I've got a, uh, I've got a stable full of them. I've got them in different area codes, different countries. And on Saturdays and all, too. Saturdays are for the boys. My boys, you, mm-hmm. you, my friend, can be one of my boys. Uh, but Brent <laughs> and Brandon, the boys prime, mm-hmm. let's call them. Uh, yeah, you're right. I feel like they were born. Which I don't know if you know this. Boys are not born; they're hatched. So I feel like Brent and Brandon hatched from the same egg, and they're just perfect. They uh, they fit the role. They love what they do, uh, and they've they've really given me security uh, and trust. And I feel pretty confident when they're around. Not to say I'm not confident when they're not around, but when they're around, it's like a little safety blanket. Hmm. And now we know the boys are hatched at a. At birth, that's that's a fun fact. You didn't know that. I was yeah, unaware. You something new every day. Yeah, this I'm learning a lot here uh, with Dawn Castle. Uh, Dawn, before we let you go, uh, it goes without saying you're one of the strongest pound for pound 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 wrestlers on the Ring of Honor. Uh, you don't know that you don't know what I weigh. I I think what are you two ten? I could be more. I'm very dense. Uh oh. <laughs> you deadlifted. Uh, the, you deadlifted Moose, uh, the former Falcon and Patriot, Quinn Ojinaka, uh, who's 300-plus pounds. He's a big fella the night after the uh, Best of the World 2015. Uh, it's one of the more impressive feats for a guy of your size, so that leads me to ask, what are you benching these days? Well, I don't know if you know the difference between a bench press and a deadlift, 
but they're very different <laughs> muscle groups. Is so that a shot at me being a radio host and not uh, not having a lot of muscle? Jeez. No, no, no. You can. <laughs> it's not that you don't have muscle. It's just you have no idea how your anatomy works. Ooh. So, Damn. So hot, coming in hot. Whew. Coming in hot. Coming in with truth bombs. <laughs> All right, so are you going to tell us how much do you deadlift? How much do you bench? I bench, uh, you can probably put about four boys on each side of what I bench. Mm. And when I deadlift, uh, I, I pull a little bit heavier. So let's put about six boys on each side of the bar, and I'm pulling them. <laughs> That's a payday right there. Jeez. Uh, mm-hmm. D- Dalton Castle will take on Colt Cabana Friday. He has said, Colt, to you that you are a jerk. End of sentence. That's it. That's all. That's okay. all he gets. Nothing yep. else. A PG-rated uh, statement. And, listen, I got to apologize in advance to anybody who is sitting in the first twenty rows on Friday. There's a good chance that Colt Cabana could land on you Uh-oh. when I throw him. So me and uh, my board up Luke here and Sam, we we might get hit by Colt. Uh, mm-hmm. Just just a good warning, uh, Dalton. We appreciate you coming on the Jake Brown Show, and uh, I will see you on Friday in New York, man. You damn right you will. Yes, Thank sir. You. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, this is two-time Ring of Honor world champion Adam Cole, and you're listening to the Jake Brown Radio Show. And we're back here on the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's Play.it, Play.it slash Jake Brown, iTunes, subscribe there, Spotify, subscribe there. We have a Ring of Honor Phil show you just heard from Dalton Castle. He'll face off against against that guy who's booing away, who... Dalton called you a jerk. It is uh, Colt Cabana on the line with us now, Chi-Town's finest. What do you think of him calling you a jerk? What's your reaction? Sorry I jumped in early. I should know proper uh, radio and podcasting etiquette. <laughs> but when you say that name, it just uh, it riles me up. And, uh, of course, he's going to call me a jerk. That's uh, one of the many uh, adjectives, I'm sure, that he has in his uh, playbook. He kept it pretty G-rated. I was I was hoping for a little more, get a little juice. Really? But yeah, I mean, funny guy though. I'll, I'll say, what did he tell us? He said that uh, boys come, boys hatch, boys hatch from eggs. That was what we learned from <laughs> from him. Uh, Who came first, the boy or the egg? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, let's let's talk about. You have Ring about Friday. Let's talk about. First of all, you're a podcast yourself. We got two podcasters here. Uh, tell us about about your podcast, the host of uh, the Art of Wrestling podcast. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I have the longest running, long form conversational wrestler to wrestler podcast. I started in 2010, uh, before anyone was jumping in on this world, and uh, the Art of Wrestling. And yeah, it's uh, it's like locker room talk. It's uh, but well, without the uh, grabbing them by the you know what. So, um, but no, it's it's wrestlers talking. Um, it was a concept that I kind of took from the from the comedy world that was really big in like 2008, 2009. Guys like Mark Barron and Chris Hardwick, uh, and I just thought it would work perfectly in the wrestling sense, and no one was doing it, so I went ahead and started it. And it's almost it's about six and a half years now. It's going strong, and I love doing it. I love, and the best part is like I have wrestlers on there that like, man, I have wrestlers that you've heard of, obviously, you know, Steve Austin and CM mm-hmm. Punk and uh, Dean Ambrose or whatever. But I also got guys that you've never heard of who've who've struggled so much to try to make it famous. And like, that's my favorite part guys. You know, I had, I've had like rich Swan and Arya Davari and Drew Gulak before, like they all got in on this, uh, um, two Oh five live thing. And, um, and it's like, and now it's like, if you watch those now, it's like cool that you get to see them like 
they're living out the tale. You heard their struggles, and now they're doing it. So I love doing the podcast. Whose story stood out most to you on the interviews you've done? Um, God, you know, there was a, an episode I did with Tommaso Ciampa before he signed again with NXT, and he had talked about, you know, Tommaso was a guy I was in developmental with back in 2007. A lot of people don't even know that he was signed by the WWE like at 2021. 20, he was very open about how he, after after he was fired by WWE, after only being there for six months, that he didn't know kind of what to do with his life and a lot of mental issues kind of creeped in. And, you know, he tried to take his own life. And um, I don't think that was something I really knew. I don't think that was something that a lot of people knew. And, um, it, it, you know, it was amazing that he was able to open up like that, wanted to open up like that, wasn't shy about it. And that was, that was one that really blew me away. But there's so many, I mean, just not the same story, but like that. But, uh, you know, because, like, fortunate for me, I've been around these guys forever, so there's a nice comfort zone where people just... Um, it's not like they want to open up about giving away scoops, but just uh, open up an emotional. It is an emotional kind of show where I like to get into. I kind of like to get into people's brains. I'm like a I'm like a unauthorized shrink of some sort. <laughs> you uh, you're doing that the podcast. You're wrestling, of course, and uh, you had the movie come out. Wrestling Road Diaries three. Luke Halbert here has seen the first two. I don't think he's seen the third yet. Uh, you get it on cultmerch.com. Get the DVD hard copy. Uh, digital. Uh, tell us about the movie, what went into it, and why people should watch it. Oh, Luke, you're gonna love it, buddy. Uh, every, nothing but positive feedback so far, and I've been shipping these things out of my apartment left and right. I, I rush home from a, a week of wrestling and ship them out. And uh, you know, the digital one's nice because it's just a download. Yeah. But uh, it's a it's a documentary about the independent wrestling world. Um, I've done three of them so far. The first one was just kind of an overview, and uh, it was Daniel Bryan before he was even signed by WWE in the Indies. Uh, the second one was guys who got fired from WWE coming back to the Indies, and that was Luke Gals and Cliff Compton or Domino, producing Domino. Kind of cool that Luke Gals is now all, the, all of a sudden back. And um, this one is about comedy in wrestling, and we really dissect it. And it's not like – it is funny because Grado and Kikutaro uh, are very funny people just in general. But it's also – it's just about, like – how the style of comedy works. So it's a lot of like inside baseball and we kind of tell you, you know, like how hard it is. And we show us trying to do some comedy things that don't work. And so we show a, a lot of the different sides and uh, I'm very proud of it. It's really good. Uh, the YouTube or the preview clip is uh, my pinned one on my Twitter at Cole Cabana. And so you can go and watch two minutes of it. And if you like it, you should watch it. But I, I think, I mean, it's so good. Jack Edinger uh, directed and edited. He killed it. It's amazing. And on top of that, I mean, we're shameless plugging away to start this off. Uh, you have a <laughs> you have a comedy show coming in St. Louis, correct? In December? Yeah, yeah, we're announcing it. I'm going to announce it on my podcast uh, tomorrow. So it's at blue, uh, blueberryhill.com. It's in St. Louis, Thursday, December 22nd. I'm Jewish, so like, as am I. Yeah, so Christmas, like <laughs> you know, like I, I, if I could, I'd run a show on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but I don't think you're allowed to. So, um, <laughs> so we're gonna do the night before Christmas Eve. Uh, and um, uh, if you're in the St. Louis area, you should check it out. Night before Christmas Eve, also my mother's birthday. Who is Jewish? So, hey, is she gonna be in St. Louis? Uh, no, she will not be. Uh, she will be in North Carolina. Um, you were, well, you're, yeah, right. You're kind of the unofficial mayor cult of independent wrestling fans love you wrestlers love you was that something you strive to be or was it something that just happened over time Ooh, i like the i like the uh the mayorship <laughs> <laughs> um you know jake I, I never 
I just never thought I was going to be in WWE. Like when I broke in in 1999, you had to look, you know, I don't know, like Reno in WCW looked the way he did and he wasn't even a big star, you know? So like, it just didn't think it didn't look, it didn't seem like a thing. So like, but the idea of making a living is something I wanted to do. And like I was in, in 2003, when I quit my day job, I was able to make a living as a professional wrestler. And so you know, my mindset was like, well, I'm not going to get to WWE, but I can make a living. So I'm just going to do this indie world. And that's kind of like how I set my grounds. And like, that's why I became like this, this weird king of merchandise and, um, and the indie shows and all the weird indie shows, because like the king of merch can't, you know, that idea comes from like, I, I was doing this full time and I need to, I needed to eat and I need to pay my rent. And like mm-hmm. I had to make like at least fifty bucks of you know worth of merch each show, <laughs> you know when I was twenty three years old or whatever it was. So like, um, I had to find ways to survive. And like you know there's, I had to find ways to be good at my art, which was wrestling, and then also kind of become a businessman. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do my art. So uh, that all came from just the idea that I didn't think I was going to be in WWE, but also I wanted to be a wrestler for as long as I could be. Do you see yourself going back to WWE at some point? I mean, right. I have no interest right now. Why is that? And, uh, uh, well, probably the lawsuit that I don't want to talk about, but that's, mm-hmm. Fair <laughs> that's something yeah, uh, that will prevent me. And then also the idea that I'm in a lawsuit with them, which is silly. It's just silly. And that, uh, that they're okay with keeping that. And like, that's just, I don't know if that's a business I, I want to be a part of. Also, uh, I'm doing great, man. Like, uh, my life is amazing. I'm putting out these movies, like I'm working hard. And like, if you work, you know, I, I'm going to all these weird places. Uh, every year I go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Every year I go to the Gathering of the Juggalos. I, I, I get to take part of comedy shows and I get to be on television shows that I love, like Mark Maron's and the Chris Gethard show. And it's just, it's always something different. And I know like doing big arenas would be awesome. But also, I know these guys, they do big arenas every night, and it just kind of comes stale. Hmm. And I know that, like, I do I do some of the weirdest stuff, and, like, it always keeps me on my toes, and it's always really fun. Everyone has an entertaining Vince McMahon story. Do you have one? Yeah, I had a meeting with Vince McMahon, and um, it was the first, it was the one and only meeting I had with him. Uh, and he was like, this is, they had called me Scotty Goldman at this point, and he asked me two things. There was two times I got him to laugh in this whole meeting. Uh, first, he asked me if I was really Jewish. I go, yeah, I am, but I'm not like a super Jew. That made him <laughs> chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I tried to explain to him. He's like, what do you like? And I was like, alternative comedy. I'm into alt comedy. It's really what I like. And it's still what I'm, in, what I'm into to this day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff I do and participate in has to do with alt comedy. And he, he didn't understand what it was. And I was trying to explain, like, you know, stuff on the fringe, just like non-normal conventional stuff. Like you wouldn't see this on like Letterman or Leno. It's like, and then I try to explain like kids in the hall and the state. And then he was like, Oh, like Jackie Gleason. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, that's a reference from 1950. (laughs) And then I was like, uh, I don't see my career lasting too long in this place. Oh my! And uh, and that's kind of what happened. That's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Another good story um, is relating to CM Punk when he name dropped you in his in his pipe bomb promo. Was that something you knew coming, or did it catch you off guard? 
That was a great transition, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I've been on fire, actually, with transitions tonight. <laughs> so that's why I was late when we called you, because my transitions were just blowing up the studio. So. Speaking of story, speaking <laughs> of wrestling. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I didn't, I didn't know, but he did tell me to watch, you know, because, um, you know, I, I think at that point I was watching a lot. Uh, but he was like, make sure you watch this. And he kind of told me the situation. He's like, guys, ah, give me a live mic. I can do whatever I want. So I definitely was watching it. And when it happened, like, there was a fun little smile on my face. Um, you know, it was like, uh, I don't know. There's a little bit of a glow inside me. It was really cool. And, uh, you know, because of that, a lot of people, like, didn't know who I was. And they Googled me. And I always say that, like, you know, if, if he had just said my name and I had nothing to offer, then, you know, people would have Googled me. They would have seen it. And then they would have left. But because I was doing so much cool stuff at that time, like the road diaries, my podcast, I had these YouTube shows. I was doing comedy with Marty DeRosa. You know, I, I gained a lot of great fans who were able to stick on and enjoy what I did, you know, just from that uh, interview. So it was really a blessing, but it was also, you know, it was something that like I was prepared for it. I had all this stuff ready to go for people, you know, content for people to see. So um, it was, a, it was a nice uh, shot in the arm for my career. You said he was saying like a smile on his face. I'm just thinking like the hot girl matches you on Tinder, and then oh. and then the worst is when you message them or they message you, and then it ends up being like, "Come visit my campsite and and sign up for my site." <laughs> it's too uh, too so many. You, you think you think Punk has a campsite? No. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> start the rumors. <laughs> Deadspin. <laughs> um, uh, you go ba- way back with uh, Ring of Honor. You know the, the history of the company at Hammerstein Ballroom. What does Final Battle returning here into New York City uh, mean to you on a personal note? Uh, on a personal, you know, uh, one of my routines was always I, I would go and do the Hammerstein, and then I'd go over to UCB and watch comedy afterwards. <laughs> and uh, I feel like you know, it's so cool that like I'm able to go back to New York now. And I know they were doing. Um, what was that club called? Terminal Three, right? Terminal Five. Terminal Couple Five. Numbers off, Terminal yeah. Three is United, isn't it? Yep. Terminal Five is ROH. Uh, that was an airport joke. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, and so you know, I know there wasn't that many great reviews, so I know everyone's super happy. I'm happy to be part of coming back. Um, yeah, I've been with the company. Uh, you know, I've done that building, sort of, and, and New York. You know, I was there when. You know, in the, uh, at the New Yorker Hotel when Joe wrestled Kobashi. And I remember sitting in Hammerstein watching uh, what I believe was, uh, I think, Kenta and Brian. Uh, God, it was so cool. And I, I want to say Brian wrestled Marafuji there, too. I remember just some amazing matches. Uh, and when Eddie won the belt, uh, there's just some so many great memories that happened. And I think everyone kind of knows that, you know, great memories are, are going to probably happen Friday night. And so uh, it's going to be an exciting show. I'm excited to be a part of it, and I'm also uh, I'm excited to see where this uh, this new little uh, uh, vibrant uh, some word I can't think of of Cole Cabana who's taking on Dalton Castle, and uh, I'm excited to see kind of where that goes. It's kind of a new uh, step in my career, um, and I'm excited to uh, you know I think I think it's going to give me a little more freedom where I, I really don't have to uh, I don't want to say care as much, but you know, I really won't really care that much. I think that's when the best stuff kind of comes is when you're not trying to get people to cheer for you. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of doing your own thing. So it's going to be really exciting for me. Chicago's own Cole Cabana on the Jake Brown Show. Play it on iTunes, Spotify. Coming at you live from Chi-Town at Colt Cabana on Twitter. And go check out the Wrestling Road Diaries 3, ColtMerch.com. Uh, you turned heel 
Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. For the first, that was the first time in your career, and you did. Yeah, well, that's that's what I was talking about. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, you know, I, I came into Ring of Honor as a heel, you know, with Punk for the most part, you know, and that was 2002. And I've done some heel work here and there. A lot of people know uh, my work as Officer Colt Cabana and Juggalo Championship Wrestling. But you know, on main you know, shows, wrestling shows within the, uh, within the world. It's been a long time. It's not, it's very rare. How, how is the, uh, how was the transition for that and kind of getting it over with the audience? Well, I mean, that's like kind of what I said before. Like, it's just, it's, I, I'm excited because it's, it's new for me and I feel I don't have to please anybody. I can just kind of do my own thing. And I think that's where good stuff will come from. Um, uh, the transition wise, it, you know, when it got, it got a great reaction in Baltimore at the television and, um, you know, it's kind of weird cause I think the, I think Ring of Honor has like a little bit of difference in between their television and their internet crowd. And so I don't know how well it's trans, you know, I, I don't know how well it's been marketed almost, but you know, th- from the internet, I know that people, I'll get some tweets and stuff and feedback from the television, but, um, I, I think everyone's going to kind of get a first, a real hand look when, it all comes together when because there'll be pay-per-view and the internet and everyone and so it's uh i think it all it'll kind of be the first step i know the first step was at television but i almost feel like the the first step in moving forward will be this pay-per-view um final battle you were asked about the perception of many guys back in 2013 um and you said lots of wrestlers know that a lot of wwe wrestlers are in the highest aren't in the highest spirits most still want to go there hoping their experience will be different uh giving the, these last three years how indie guys are starting to blow up a little bit having a lot of success has that perception changed um i think i know what you're asking uh i so there what are you asking tell me the quote again uh lots of wrestlers know that uh a lot that a lot of the wwe wrestlers aren't in the highest spirits but most of them still want to go there hoping their experience will be different okay so um and a lot of the guys on the main roster are they're still very frustrated and i have friends that are very frustrated with what's going on mm-hmm. um i i, I think it, the, the locker room has changed a lot there's not as you know there isn't like i don't want to say bullying or whatever but it, it seems to be more relaxed from what i'm told but also you know you never the whole point was like you look at a guy like myself and chris hero and it just didn't work out for us so it's, it's completely a gamble and um some of these guys are having great uh, success you look at a guy like kevin uh, owens obviously so um i think again I, I think it's a thing that if you can do it you should probably do it just to make sure say you've done it and it's on the checklist and the, the bucket list or whatnot but um you know a lot of guys have uh have fun other places you know like hero the bucks you know myself were great examples of just how you can kill it and just do your own thing and just do your own thing you know without the without the big system Last question, Cole. You have the finishing move called Billy Goat's Curse. Uh, obviously, yeah. people know you're a Cubs fan. What was your Game 7 experience like, and did you attend the parade? Oh, I thought you were going to ask if I was going to change it. Everyone says I should change it. I'm not <laughs> sure what to do now. Yeah, I don't What Are you going to? I don't I don't think so, but I, I guess, you know, the, the curse of the Billy Goat is over now. It is. That's what they say. So. You might need to change um, it up. I grew up a Cubs fan, man. Like, I've been mm. going to a game since I was little. Uh, my mom uh, is 70 years old, and she was uh, she used to she went to every single game in 1969, every single home game, 
she's been a diehard Cubs fan for years. And so I watched the game with my parents uh, and it was something so, so nice to see. I, I never thought it was going to happen in my parents or my mom specifically's lifetime. And um, I almost got choked up thinking about it. <laughs> and, uh, and so to see her, um, you know, the team that she supported all these years to get to see her watch them win the world series. Finally, it was amazing. Sadly, uh, I have to work, and uh, I think I was wrestling Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or something like that that weekend. So I didn't get to attend the parade, uh, although I would have loved to. But I also wanted to wrestle. Well, there it is. I mean, a lot a lot of people were drawn to tears. I mean, I mean, 108 years. I mean, it's yeah. it's everything. So much has happened. I mean, Al Gore has happened. Like Bill Clinton has happened. Barack Obama has happened. Donald Trump is having uh, <laughs> Ross Perot. Ross Perot. <laughs> Ross Perot happened. Uh, on that note, uh, we will Jesse s- Jackson. Jesse Jackson. Martin Luther King. Rosa Parks. Yeah. Uh, right. Harriet Tubman. <laughs> well, no, Harriet Tubman was way before that. <laughs> Jeez. On that note, uh, Friday. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Tim Tebow. Uh, Colt Cabana. You could catch him Friday. Ring of Honor against the Jerk Dalton. Um, Friday Hammerstein Ballroom pay per view nine o'clock it begins. Colt, we'll see you Friday and thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, excited. ColtCabana.com and uh, Twitter, Instagram at ColtCabana can say hello to me and I will say hello back. Maybe I hope. And I, go, you know, go, yeah, go get the go get the movie too. ColtMerch.com. Uh, Colt, we'll see you Friday. Thanks, man. All right, see you, Jake. Salutations. I'm Dalton Castle. You're listening to the Jake Brown Show. And welcome, everybody, to the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's Play. It iTunes, Spotify is where you find us, Jake Brown Radio, Jake Brown Show, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of that. We're welcoming—it's our can't speak. We're welcoming on in our second month of the show, our first wrestling guest, Ring of Honor, is coming to Hammerstein Ballroom. It's back in the Mecca. It's back in New York City on Friday, and one of the guys we'll be fighting then is a two-time Ring of Honor champion, Adam Cole, is on the line with us now. Adam, how you doing, man? What's up? I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm ready to go for final battle. Final battle is Ring of Honor's WrestleMania event of the year. So I'm hyped. I'm excited and uh, ready to retain my world championship, man. Yeah, uh, it's coming back to the city in Hammerstein Ballroom. Uh, a lot of people will call it the unofficial home of uh, Ring of Honor. I mean, how special is it to be back in the city here? Yeah, yeah, it's huge. You know, uh, they say that New York City, you know, the the classic line, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And, and Ring of Honor kind of uh, built its reputation in the Northeast, specifically uh, in New York City. So uh, for us to be able to go back to the Hammerstein Ballroom, we haven't been there in a few years for such a big event like this is huge. Uh, you know, I, I even think back to my, my opponent at Final Battle, Kyle O'Reilly. We, we kind of made a name for ourselves in New York, in the Hammerstein Ballroom, in this hybrid fighting rules match in 2012 where there was blood all over the place. We were two uh, newcomers in Ring of Honor, and pretty much after that match, it, it skyrocketed us. So it's kind of ironic and pretty cool that we go here a few years later, and now it's me and him main eventing this event for the Ring of Honor World Championship. So excited is an understatement. Talk about O'Reilly. I mean, you guys are are rivals, and you're going at it again here. Uh, Break down your opponent for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've known Kyle O'Reilly since 2009. The first time I met Kyle O'Reilly, we were opponents against one another for uh, for an independent promotion actually in the ECW arena in Philadelphia. Uh, Again, you want to talk about two guys that nobody knew. Mm -hmm. That was me and Kyle, two guys that nobody knew. And and we went out. We had a match that 
that people really enjoyed. Uh, fast forward, we, we gained enough steam to get noticed by Ring of Honor, so they decided to sign the both of us, but they didn't really know what they wanted to do with an Adam Cole or a Kyle O'Reilly, so they decided, hey, let's throw them together as a tag team until we figure it out. Then Future Shock was born, and me and Kyle went on to kind of build our names and develop ourselves as a team, as a unit, which was really nice because when, when you're in such a high-pressure situation like a Ring of Honor, it's really cool to have somebody to lean on. Uh, of course, uh, uh, tensions began to, uh, to start with me and Kyle O'Reilly, and then we became rivals, and we've been rivals pretty much since 2011, 2012. Even if we kind of stay away from each other, we'll always end up uh, fighting once again, like even last year, final battle we wrestled. Um, so, so Kyle O'Reilly is a guy who's attached to Adam Cole, and, and I'm a guy who's attached to a Kyle O'Reilly. So it's one of those feuds and, and one of those situations where when you talk about one, you have to talk about the other because so many of the, the moments that we created, whether as a team or as opponents, have been with one, uh, one another. Adam Cole on the line. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Cole Pro. Uh, sold out show coming Friday against O'Reilly at Hammerstein Ballroom. It's been a great year for you, uh, Adam, on a personal note, uh, winning your second uh, Ring of Honor World Championship and becoming leader of the Bullet Club. Whose idea was it to bring you into the group? Uh, actually, it, it was kind of a collaborative effort, but, but the big key there for me was uh, the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks played a huge part in me being involved in the group. If they had been saying for years uh, that they wanted me to be involved in the group mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, a combination of injuries and just uh, positioning and things like that. It was something we always talked about but never really happened. Uh, and then when some guys left from the group, there was kind of this situation uh, that, that was opened up for the Bullet Club where they wanted to continue to push it as a real, real threat and this, this hip uh, uh, in tune with the audience uh, wrestling faction. So uh, the opportunity arose. New Japan Pro Wrestling was very interested in the idea. Obviously, uh, the Young Bucks really pushed for that as well. So that kind of came about um, uh, there almost last minute. It was, it was like a month before I actually joined the group. The decision was made. Uh, in turn, it certainly created uh, a lot of buzz for me, uh, both positive and negative, but, but no far or by far the most buzz that I've ever had in my wrestling career just because the, the Bullet Club is, is such a polarizing force, I think, in pro wrestling. So, yeah, definitely, definitely happy to be a part of it. And speaking of New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, how's that experience been and how do you compare the Japanese and American audiences? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, uh, New Japan is the epitome of a big league wrestling organization. You go over there for these these bigger events, and you're wrestling in front of you know ten to fifteen thousand people. Uh, and these, this happens uh, like monthly for New Japan. So uh, to wrestle those guys and to be over there in that environment is very cool for me. It's something new for me, and it's something that I've wanted uh, for quite some time. So it's cool to be involved in that over there. Uh, and, yeah, as far as the fans go, uh, it's so funny. It's, the fans are crazy passionate, but in mm. a totally different way. Uh, you know, the, the fans, obviously, in the States are, are, are very loud, um, very expressive, on their feet, screaming for who they like, booing like crazy for who they hate, whereas the Japanese wrestling audience is more reserved, and uh, uh, they, they kind of sit back and they pay attention, even, even if they're quiet. No one's on their phones. Everyone's watching intently on the ring. Hmm. And they show their passion by just their absolute love for the wrestlers. You know, there are so many times where we go to the hotels and there are dozens of fans waiting to meet us. 
uh, we go out to eat and there are dozens of fans. Uh, some fans even somehow find out what hotel room we're staying in and we'll get a knock on the door for an autograph. They, they absolutely love pro wrestling, absolutely love the wrestlers. So, yeah, they, they show their passion and share it in a different way. I thought you were going to say for a second, knock on the door from beautiful Japanese women. <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> Another one, maybe a little massage or something like that. Happy ending. Yeah, there, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> Sticking with uh, New Japan here. You defended your Ring of Honor title against Will Osprey uh, in September. And uh, Ring of Honor has lost a lot of talent to WWE and TNA. Are guys like Osprey and Skrull uh, the future, or there's someone else you might be looking out for? Yeah, I, a guy like uh, you know Will Osprey and a guy like Marty Skrull, this is just Ring of Honor's continuous development of bringing in who they believe to be the best talent in the world. I, I've known Marty and Will for quite some time and uh, for anyone who's followed their careers knows how much of an impact they've made uh, not only over in Europe but stateside as well for companies like Pro Wrestling Guerrilla so uh, to me Ring of Honor has always had a very good uh, finger on the pulse of understanding who's hot who's popular who they can bring in to, to kind of enhance our product and those two guys regardless of where they live are two guys that that fit perfectly uh, in that scene for us uh, you know, them debuting for us over uh, on this European tour that we just did was huge. They they proved and showed immediately that they belong. So, yeah, it, it's just Ring of Honor's constant development of, of finding new talent, bringing in the best guys, and just putting on the best pro wrestling show in the world. Talking about your future, uh, Adam, is there's no secret that WWE has been interested. Uh, you had an NXT tryout a couple of years ago. What are your thoughts about a potential move to NXT or WWE? Yeah, yeah, this is what I always say, and it, and it really is the truth. If you were to ask me that question when I was 19 or 20, I would tell you immediately. Like, my, my number one goal, no matter what, is to get to WWE. Like, I haven't made it as a wrestler unless I get to WWE. And, and my mindset has really changed. Uh, you know, first and foremost, if I were to tell you guys that I don't want to have a WrestleMania moment someday, I'd be lying to you. Uh, that, that's certainly something I, I would like in my future. But as of right now, the, the number one thing that's helped me so much throughout my career is focusing on what I have right in front of me. And right in front of me right now is, is a run uh, for the second time with the Ring of Honor World Championship. I just started my career over in New Japan. There's a lot, lot left on the table for me to do, both in Ring of Honor and in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I'm focusing all of my time, all of my efforts uh, into, into making this run as good as possible, into becoming a star over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But obviously, never, never shutting out the possibility of maybe one day going to WWE. Well, when you say one day, do you have like a time frame in mind, like within the next five years or something? I, I don't have a time frame. I really don't. That's hmm. the thing uh, with with this day by day mentality. Like, like if I were to look at where Ring of Honor has been, or you know, let's say three or four years ago, where Ring of Honor was, and to where we are now, the the development of this company is just absolutely insane. How much we we progressed, and I know this year. We have some really, really big plans as well. So who knows where Ring of Honor is going to be in two or three years' time. That, that's why I try to take everything a day at a time. The biggest reason for that is so much in pro wrestling you cannot control. You can't make certain people like you. Uh, uh, you cannot work wherever you want to work. All you can do is focus on what you can do to make your performance and, and your brand as good as humanly possible. So that's what I always do. I focus on what can I do to make Adam Cole better, and then wherever I end up, I end up. That's the mentality I have. 
Adam Cole on the line here on the Jake Brown Show. Play it on it slash Jake Brown, iTunes, Spotify. Kevin Owens, a couple years ago, uh, said you basically said you were involved in an unfortunate mix-up uh, where you were contacted a young age for WWE for a tryout, <laughs> and they reached out to the wrong wrestler. Is that story true, and can you elaborate on it? Sure, yeah, yeah, this is 100% true. So, so I, was, I was 19 years old. I had been wrestling for probably nine months. I was still very new. And uh, what had happened was, I, I was working an independent show in Maryland, and I'm on there checking my emails, and I got an email from Ty Bailey, and uh, you know he communicated with me and said, "Hey, how's it going? Uh, I want you to know that we've we've seen your stuff and we got your emails, and we're very interested in bringing you out for a tryout. Uh, you know, please get back to us when you can." So I was floored. I was like, "Oh no way! I can't believe this!" I'm, I'm telling my parents. I'm all excited. Uh, I get a phone call from him, uh, and he's telling me about how, you know, uh, this is what they're going to do in the tryout. This is who you're going to room with. We really see a lot of potential in you. Uh, we're really, really excited to have you down. I'm going to email you your, your flight information here in a little bit. So now it's very real, and now, and now I'm super, super excited. Uh, so I get the email, and on the uh, plane ticket, it's a different name uh, than my name. So I'm all confused. Like, wait a minute, what's going on? So I, I ended up sending him a picture and saying, hey, is this the guy you're trying to contact? And long story short, the guy he was trying to, uh, uh, to contact was uh, Xavier Woods uh, <laughs> and not me. So he, he totally uh, messed that one up. In turn, I got a little bit of WWE extra work on top of that years ago. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but when Serena from the Straight Edge Society fell off the wagon and she was in a bar and she decided to drink, I was the guy who... Uh, she was drinking with, and then CM Punk and Joey Mercury and all those guys came in to uh, kick me out of the bar. So, so I still got a little bit of fun uh, stories out of it. Right, there you go. Uh, yeah. Your your catchphrase. Uh, can can you do it for us live right now? Sure. <clears throat> got to clear the throat. Clear the throat. <clears throat> Adam Cole, baby. That is uh, one of the best in the business. Where? Uh, how did you come up with that? Uh, actually, almost by accident. So uh, I, I was, uh, again, like being a student of the game, I, I loved to go and watch all these different independent shows. And, and one of my favorite guys to watch was uh, Joey Mercury when he was on the independents for a little bit with as uh, Joey Matthews after his first WWE run. And, and for a company called Maryland Championship Wrestling, uh, uh, Joey used to yell at the top of his lungs his name. You would just yell, Joey Matthews. Joey Matthews and I was and the crowd was booing like crazy and I was like oh that's so awesome so uh, I decided to add baby on the end of it but mainly because you know I, I was a huge Chris Jericho fan as well so when Jericho would stand on top of the guy and go come on baby and stuff like that hmm. so it started as Adam Cole baby and then it got more and more obnoxious with Adam Cole baby and, and I had been doing it for years since like 2008 I've been doing it and I was doing it in companies like CDW and other independent companies across the country. And no one would do it with me or people would boo and they hated it. So it's funny that after time has gone on, it's become a thing that, that people love to do. Like I was over in London uh, you know, the other weekend and we had uh, 1,500 people there and every single one of them did it. Like they all just absolutely loved to yell my name with me, which I love that they, that they love to do it as well. But. Yeah, that, that's kind of how it happened. It's funny, and, and wrestling lots of times, the stuff that ends up sticking and working for you is not stuff that you really pre-plan out. It kind of just happens. 
So you, it did not come from the Hurricane Chris song, A Bay Bay, we can say. Have you, it, it did not. You've heard that, not. though. Yes, yes, 100%. <laughs> Adam Cole on the line, Ring of Honor coming Friday, Hammerstein Ballroom. Adam, uh, looking forward to meeting you, seeing you on Friday, and uh, good luck. Thanks yeah, for coming Yeah, thank on. you, man. Looking forward to uh, meeting you, too. Yeah, thanks for the time. Yes, sir. Take care. All right, you too. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.